advanced, we're not as advanced as we believe we are. There are certain things in technology, yes, or medicine, yes. As a people, I highly doubt that. The average individual in New York doesn't even know their next door neighbor. And I mean, we're talking about probably four or five feet front doors apart. You don't even know who they are. Of early civilizations that were communities, those communities like that thrive. But again, we live, everything right now is really individualistic. Even though you may live in a building, you just sleep there. You don't have- You're not living. You're, you're not living with neighbors in a community. Your community is at your workplace that is five, 15 miles away, right? And it's like, but that that you're in that cubicle or you're at that desk for X amount of time, you're working on something, not on living or livelihood. one person actually make a difference in unifying the entire world? What are some tools I can use to live a life of more freedom? These are just some of the concepts you'll hear about in every episode of See One Beautiful Soul. Hello, all you beautiful souls. It's good to be back. This is Barbara Heller, and I'm so happy that you took a moment to hit play on this episode. I love having a podcast where I can take a pause, come back, have something really meaningful to share, and then go back to creating a show, a musical. I just had my first run of a solo musical that I created called Messianic Moments and Cosmic Conversations. And some of it was actually based on conversations I've had right here on this very podcast where people might say, oh, you know, I don't really want you to include this on the podcast. Could you pause and, you know, I'll tell you privately, but please don't share it. Or when I'm shooting my documentaries, sometimes people will say, please don't put that in the documentary. And because I am my word and I try to be the best person that I can be, I listen to them. However, I took notes and certain things that were mentioned in private conversations that I thought people could be really inspired by or learn something from, I created these highly adorable yet very annoying at times lovable eight characters all women ages 18 to 88 from different backgrounds different nationalities sometimes they're singing sometimes they're dancing sometimes they're crying sometimes they're laughing and it is such a joy to get to perform this show we did a few performances in hollywood in something called the hollywood fringe festival and now i just got accepted to united solo fest in new york city which is very exciting we're going to be performing there on october 15th if we sell out the first show we get to do more performances so please 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 buy your tickets barbheller.com backslash solo show it's for united solo fall festival 2023 i'm so excited to introduce some of you to adiola alao i met him in a personal growth workshop seminar back in 2019 as soon as we met i was like you're coming with me you and i are going to be friends forever and he was like yep and that's happened a few times in my life but i could probably count on one hand how many times i knew from the second i met the person i was going to be friends with them forever it was purely platonic almost like a i knew this person forever kind of love like a like a like a friendship that goes beyond the normal everyday but nothing romantic just like you're my brother like I'm gonna be friends with you forever he has a bunch of very informative entertaining and 
exciting videos on TikTok and Instagram. The way he uses his camera to film, the lighting, his voice, the content itself, and the meaning that he's able to conjure from really beautiful work is riveting. And a lot of it is viral, so you may have seen it before. People buy his t-shirts. He's, he also designs his own t-shirts. He's a visionary. He's a historian. He's a philosopher. And the best quality that I think that he has, besides being a great husband and father, uh, I've seen him in action, um, both of those uh, jobs in his life, is that he tells a story through his philosophy on life. Every single thing that he says and does, that any word that comes out of his mouth, is it's almost like it could be pulled out of a book of philosophy. And it's a culmination of all that he's very well read. He's, he's very well listened. He listens with his whole heart, even to the person on the street. And I feel like I aspire to be like that. And he's also just full of incredibly precious, positive energy. I remember I was doing a pilot for a food show that I thought would just be amazing. And it still might. It's called People in the Park Eating Pastries. Feel free to watch it on my YouTube channel. And I said, Addie, I really want you to direct an episode. And he was like, I'm there. Just tell me the day and time. And I know that his you know, pay range is way above what I could pay him. But he just, he just made me feel like, I, like my show was important. And I'll never forget that. <laughs> but besides that, I just find him to be like Walt Disney, just this ilk of someone who walks through the world in a different way. And I'm sure you will too. I recorded us on a Zoom call. I couldn't help myself. We were were talking, whenever we get together, you know, we're always like, all right, I'll give you 20 minutes. And it's like three hours later, dun, dun, dun. You know, Um, when we get to talking, it's like our whole hearts open up and we just want to save the whole planet. And we have solutions for things and creative wonder ways to build things together. And so at some point while we were just having this casual Zoom chat about my musical, because I wanted his insight and his input and his opinions about things, um, I keep really wise people around. So I, I definitely wanted his opinion. And we were just having this casual conversation about art and what theater is supposed to be. And I said, I have to have you on the podcast and I know how busy you are, so I'm just going to hit record now, okay? So this was not planned at all. He had no time to prepare for this. It was just, Addie, I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want you to just keep flowing, and there's no script. There's no, I'm not that I ever have a script. I don't actually, I only give people three questions ahead of time anyway, and I, they're the ones I ask every time, and then I wind up asking 20 more. But this was really impromptu. He, he nor I had any idea we would be filming this or recording it. So I hope you enjoy it. I always have an amazing time when I'm with Addie. And uh, without further ado... It's so unfortunate the time we live in, uh, you know, when you ask me, you know, what questions would you ask someone in order to stop the apocalypse? Um, and what came up for me is like, which apocalypse? Just because there's so many apocalypses that can, that's possible. I have to literally narrow it down. Which one are you talking about? So <laughs> if you could clarify. The one, the one that I mean is the one where, uh, basically the one, it's like, according to the Torah, Bible, mm. Quran, whichever one you you fancy, um, I, it's pretty clear. There's this thing called Gogamagog where 
um, two big groups are going to fight it out. And then there's going to be other minor groups around going, oh, uh, basically that's like what it looks like. Um, and I don't want to get too deep into like which groups there are. Like I know Judaism course, yeah. claims that there's two um, and actually Jew Jews are not part of it. It's something else, but it it's two the largest amounts of people, right? Fighting it out. Mm -hmm. You can imagine who those are. And then everyone else going, oh, please don't do that. You're going to kill everybody. And so mm. that is what is kind of going on. And I think especially yeah. in spirit, but I mean, the that one and the yeah. way we get there is because people have literally, they're walking down the street like this with their head in their iPhone and they're talking to their kids like this again with their head in their iPhone. Their, their head is not in the clouds. Everything's lack and holding on and. Yeah, that. Yeah, such a great question oh, for many reasons. I would ask them if they could take a guess. Mm -hmm. How many races do they think are on this planet? Ooh, I love that. Okay. And if anyone gives me an answer larger than the number one, <laughs> I knew you were gonna that's say where that. the problem is. Yes, yes, that's sir. where the problem is. Yes. Um, we've become such mm -hmm. um, an individualistic culture mm -hmm. that we focus inward mm -hmm. and we focus on ourselves. And if we're lucky, we focus just outside of ourselves, our immediate family. Other than that, if there's an issue, it doesn't have anything to do with us. And I believe that is the downfall of mankind. As we can see with what's happening with the environment. I heard this one quote. So a bright future is created by a generation of mankind who plants trees in shade that they won't experience. So simple, yet so powerful because it moves yourself out the equation and you're only moving forward for those who will follow you. Now, just imagine if the entirety of mankind didn't think of themselves, but those who will follow after them. And it doesn't even have to be in decades or centuries. It can mm. be in seconds, right? I'm leaving this environment and someone else would be here after me. Mm. How would I like for them to enjoy it, mm. right? Those little simplicities, I think that's what breaks, it shatters everything. If that becomes a mindset right. and people are proactive on that wavelength, I mean, hunger, poverty, resources, we will quickly go into a world that we believe there was scar like scarcity to abundance. And that's how I look at how to handle the apocalypse. That type of mindset is what really gets us further into the future. Mm -hmm. yeah because yeah. it's future based i think the mm -hmm. 70s were great because it shook people up you know mm. but it 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 went into this dip in the 80s and 90s and now today where it's like me 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 iphone i this you know right. I, even I that meet, title iphone right i meet millennials and no offense to them i feel like you and i are just above it or maybe you are a millennial mm -hmm. i don't know no. they're just so they have no concept of how loud they might be 
how they come across, how the empathy factor is like, you know, and mm. yet my grandparents had such respect for other and were scared and, and were coming into this country from, you know, Russia and, and escaping for their lives. So starting from literally zero, even though they might've been wealthy in another place, they were, it was like your money or your life. And so they were like, okay, we're going on on the boats now. We're coming to Ellis Island. And those, you know, there was such a respect for this country and for freedom to speak Mm -hmm. that there was a, it was like a delicacy to have a conversation. It was like, oh, and what do you think of that? Hmm, I'll listen. Mm -hmm. And everything has just, there's no respect. There's no greeting. There's no social graces. Mm. I don't even think people know what a social grace is. Mm, wow. And yes, there were things that needed to be broken so that we could come to a new, more real, authentic place. But the authenticity is waning because everybody's so worried about their feelings. We've, we've literally gone to the other side. <laughs> I believe that. We need that middle so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I found the quote, by the way, while you were talking, a society, yes, please. and you're, you said, I like the way you said it better. A society grows great when old men plant trees in whose shade they shall never sit. It's a Greek proverb. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, that's what I heard. Yeah. It reminds us a 6.0 version, but was designed intentionally, right? Mm-hmm. Cause that also aids another side that thrives off of that right because power does come in number and you said something earlier which which i believe is that in order for change to happen it's not going to come from a government it's not going to come from a power and this conversation first happens in in the pilot about superpowers where someone asked two two friends are sitting under i'm giving you a a, i'm giving you the sense of where the story starts right um uh, but two friends who are sitting under the stars at night mm-hmm. and one of them asks um, that age-old question, if you could have any superpower, what superpower would you? Before you can finish it, the friend is like, I hate that question. And he's like, why? Because it's so pointless. It's useless, right? He says, you think, you know, super superheroes are useless? It's like, well, no, I think superheroes push, mm-hmm. you know, stereotypical propaganda. I think your question was useless. And they 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 get to a place where, you know, the friend who first said, I hated that question, he clearly says that superheroes, superpowers don't bring change. Even in their own cities, crime and poverty still thrives. The only thing that brings change is the will of mankind, right? And that's really where change will come. Um, it's one thing to implement laws that will punish individuals for certain things, but that doesn't really fix the issue. The issue is the state of mind of an individual when they're thinking of, you know, committing that offense or thinking of saying that thought. It really starts from the heart, right? But when everyone's on the same mission, right? So when you're like, you know, when you're in a group working on uh, on a mission and everyone's excited about, or when you're on a sports team and you're all working, at that point, you you're so out of yourself you're just trying to do what's best for the collective. And I think that isn't celebrated. It isn't pushed and it isn't taught in society today, right? It's just about being another cog in a wheel, right? To feed the machine. Um, but if every part says, oh, we're not doing that anymore. In a second, that machine is, it'll crumble. Yeah. Right. And And I think that's what we need in order to 
to really right. get to that. I, I really believe that's the next evolution of, of mankind or the next evolution of Homo sapiens. Listen to this. This is brilliant. I'm going to play you this reel by Chow Amber C on Instagram. Ever notice how everybody doesn't have a therapist like everybody in the United States does, or every grocery store in Italy isn't filled with aisles of supplements, probiotics, prebiotics, collagen powders, green powder, and how on the corner of every single major city, there isn't a fitness place like CrossFit, yoga, bar, cycling. Our culture in the United States pretty much takes out everything that should be naturally happening in daily life. It takes it out because of our lifestyle and puts it on the side and offers it as a service, a package, a product, something that you can pay for that also requires additional time. So we used to live in communities. We had big families. We used to talk to people every day, all day. Hunter gatherers that sat around a fire or people in Italy that sit for an hour and have a, an espresso. Now we don't do any of that. We also don't have time for it. We filter everything through a therapy. Our food is so toxic in the United States that in order to feel good, we have to take probiotics, prebiotics, minerals, vitamins. Then we have to go to the and rigorously work out so that we don't become inflamed and fat. Whereas other cultures have healthy food to begin with, other cultures include things like walking in their daily activity. So it's no wonder that in order to live a healthy lifestyle in the United States, you basically need to wake up at 4 a.m. so you could fit in your workout, fit in a meditation, and probably motivational podcast, and then a therapist on your lunch break or after work because we're no longer having meaningful relationships. The math is not mathing. No wonder everybody is exhausted. But businesses are thriving. What? I feel attacked when she said we wake up at 4 a.m. to work out. I know. I saw your text. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I saw your text, my friend. He is so on the money. I could not agree more. There's so much that she said that I was just like, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yes. This is the machine. This is the, the design. I'm it was about a year ago. Susanna started taking Susanna, your wife. Yep. Uh, days off because she's working a lot of hours. What a concept. Yeah, good. Right. What a concept. Taking days off. This morning, I said to Wadi, "We are not designed to work. We're designed to create." Um, and someone uh -huh. might say, "Addie, uh -huh. but doesn't work come from creation?" And my thing is, well, which one comes first? Creation uh -huh. doesn't come from work, right? We're designed to create, not work. But one day, Susanna took off, and she was staying home. I was getting work done. I said. And she said, hey, you want to go for a walk? I'm like, ah, yeah, let's do that. We went for a walk. We must have walked for about 30 minutes. And halfway through the walk, I said, it is so sad. What we're doing right now, we're walking at 11.45 a.m. This isn't a normal everyday activity. You stay in a box, in a room, in a building for extended amount of hours. Some people don't even see sunlight when they get out. And we have to work hard in order to get paper that has an agreed upon value to then retire and get old to do what we're doing now, which is free. So taking walks is like now a luxury and we believe it, right? And it's, we say things like, I'm going to work X amount of hours. So I'm going to take overtime so that I can go to X. It's like, well, going to X is free. You can do that whenever. And I thought of that when when um, there's a part in the video when, when she mentions about that, killing ourselves to do the things that God gave us naturally. Yes. The American dream. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, there's that old story. I'm sure you've heard this before. I heard it in synagogue, but it goes everywhere. And this like businessman is is at Cabo and he sees, he takes a little off the beaten pack tour with his wife and he sees uh, a little Mexican guy and his little 
boat and he's he's fishing and he's doing such a great job and so he gets out of his his uh his yoga mat and he and he runs over to the guy and he like goes all the way into the water and he's like I've been watching you for the past hour and I just can't you know I'm a stock guy I can get you like if you can teach that technique to people we could get you like six boats and then he's like (laughs) he's like and then you know, you'll, you'll have your name on trucks and I can see the whole thing and I'll like make a stock for you. And it'll be called, what's your name? Pepe and the boys, like Pepe and whatever. And he goes, and then what he goes, and then you're going to have millions of dollars and you can like take these, the family over there doing yarn and stuff. And you can like actually get them a big house and you can like have a vacation home here. He's like, and then what he goes, and then you can spend your days fishing like you are now. He goes, you know, I, I think I'm going to skip all this stuff in the middle and just go fishing now, but have a good day. Thank you. I have not heard that version. Oh, okay. Well, that, that was it's, that is so, No, I, I wouldn't even say version. I haven't even heard that. I just love how it's like, you just want to bring me back here. That's yeah. essentially it. But in your eyes, you have this context of doing all of this to just bring me back here. Do you know how much courage it actually takes to be you today? I don't mean you. I mean you, Addie. Oh, to be Addie today. Well, well, let's let's just look at the list, okay? In Hebrew, we have this Mm. word, dayenu, and it's coming up for Passover. You probably went to a Passover Seder. Mm -hmm. Dai, dayenu, dai, dayenu. And Dayenu literally means it would have been enough, Lord, if you just gave us this, this, and this. But thank you so much for Shabbat that we have one day a week mm. where we literally shut everything down. Thank you so much for the Torah. So we have like a rule book of like how to be kind to people and our to ourselves and our and our families and how to give charity. Like we have rules for it. We can't just like give a dollar once in a while. We actually have to give 10%. Thank you so mm. much for the food that we're eating right now. Thank you so much. That like we got through the desert after 40 years, like it would have been enough if you just did one of those things, but you did all these things. And I look at you and I see like Dayenu, he is living his dream of being a professional photographer, director, writer, creator. Mm. He's living his dream of marrying somebody who may not have fit the mold of what some people would say, oh, this is what you should do or she should do. Mm, Created mm. something completely new off the charts and magnetic. You you are having children under the age of 40 uh, naturally. Like, I mean, what? Like you actually took Mm. on having a kid when you didn't have a 401k completely set yet? I mean, I don't know what your finances, but I have a feeling- Still have a 401k set. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, you, you decided to open up this can of worms to discover your own spirituality and you didn't put it off for retirement. You work on it every Mm. day, day you pray, you, Mm. you, you stop and you pray. You, you take time to, to have actual present conversations with people. I mean, the list of Dianus for you goes on and on and oh, on. Thank you for that. You, but you are not the norm, Addie. You are mm. not the norm. If you look at men in your demographic at your age, they're mm. not staying at home and picking their kids up from school and yet also mm. killing it with, with their art because it takes so much courage to do that. It takes a lot mm. less courage and I'm not putting anyone down, but courage is, is expensive. Wow. Most people are just like, 
I'm just going to join a corp, man, nine to seven. And I'm going to get to work late every day because I'm going to hate it. And I'm going to wind up stealing from the company in little ways because I kind of hate them, but they have me. I'm a slave this way, you know? Yeah, yeah. It takes courage. Wow, thank you for that. Very kind. It's kind, it's the truth. It would be wrong for me not to point it out, but like you're an anomaly. I don't know anyone else like you. Wow. Well, I could say the same for you as well. <laughs> so thank you. There are times where you look in the mirror every day and it's you. It's so rare when you take the time to step out of yourself to see what you have going on and to hear it from someone else. It's humbling. So thank you for that. I appreciate you. You're welcome. But I mean, did you really think I'm the only person that thinks this way when they see you. I mean, <laughs> we, we met at a personal growth seminar. I mean, you are yeah. a seeker. You won't give up till you find truth. So that alone, I think, is what what the courage comes from. I really hope that one day you're you're teaching classes because I feel like people need to learn from you. I know they're learning from your creations and your, your yeah. film. I know that. There's so much wisdom in there. And it's just starting. It's like you got even more to go but yeah 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 you know definitely it's definitely on my docket though to to do public speaking i'd i'd love to you have such a great voice but it's not just your voice it's it's what comes through and the way you deal with grief i mean i've i've heard Mm. i remember i remember our conversations like yeah losing a parent is not easy how you how you just go grow through this lifetime and how open you are to Yes, that will help. And that will, I think that's what courage is. When you, when we open up a little bit to all the miracles every day, as opposed to just like, life is just so hard and I'm just going to shut down and not allow any blessings in. Yeah. You know, people like this, right? Mm. You, you see, you see that. I do. Them? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. They, they ask for help like this. Exactly. With their arms crossed. And it's like, okay, well, hey, you know, got to open up. Let me give you something and take it. It's hard for some people to be open, as you said, to either criticism or open to help, to advice or open to compliments, asking for something, not knowing that they have to let go of what they're holding on to first in order to accept what I'm trying to give them. What do you think that vulnerability is? How do you get there? What did you do to open up your hand? I don't know if there was a, and not that you're asking for one, but you know, I'm 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 looking back and thinking of moments, but I think more or less it's an understanding of I've given up trying to be right, not trying because I don't believe in trying. You either do or you don't. But I've I've given up being right, and I realized for a long time, for a large part of my life, I was being right, Mm. and. Giving up being right doesn't mean that you're intentionally going to be wrong, right? But it is giving up being right is not making the other person wrong and just being with what's there. And if you're always right, what do you have to learn? Oh my God. I've fallen in love with the L's. I've fallen in love with the losses because losses are lessons, right? And if one is afraid to lose, then one is afraid to learn. So I fall in love with the elves. No. Wow. Did your mom teach you that? 
you that um, they're lucky to help you if you ask for help? Uh, no, no, no. She would, would give the shirt off their back. That was my mother. But what I really got from my mom was compassion and love. A few months before she passed away, we're sitting on the back porch and she knew that I was writing and she was there for, for when I won an award at, um, at Slam Dance for a, screen, a feature screenplay I wrote. And she said to me, because my dad was very much like, go to law school, go to law school, go to law school. You've been studying for the LSATs, go to law school. And my mother said, listen, you want, like, do what makes you happy, but just do me a favor. <laughs> like, sure, mom, what's up? And you can see this happening now. It didn't happen back then. But she said, put yourself in something you do and let people get to experience who you are on camera. I know you want to be a writer and a director and they don't, they're not in front of the camera. They're behind it. But put yourself in it. I think when you do that, people will open up to who you are. And look what happened. And it took me such a long time. I didn't fully understand what it was until even when I decided to be in front of the camera, it's not because of what my mother said. It was just social media. I want to get into it. Let me just do it. But after I did it and I got the response and I started building up, it clicked from when I said, that's what my mother was talking about. Jesus. Uh, got it. And what do you think that was? People responding to you or something more specific? It wasn't the people responding to me, but the responses were great. I think what it was for me was I discovered another form of a creative release mm. that I never had access to before. Mm -hmm. I just known it through my writing, through my lighting, through my camera, through my working with actors and directing. But being in front of the camera was a completely different form of expression than anything else. And I know, I mean, Barbara, you've been well, well before I had like a social media presence, you were very clear, like Addy, Everyone's talking about Will Smith, this, this, and the way well before the slap, obviously. And I'm sorry, everyone's talking about Will Smith. You, they need to know who you are, Addy. They need to hear your voice. They need to see who you are. You came to mind too after, you know, oh, really? you came to mind too after that. Yeah, my mom came to mind. You came to mind. Because there's, it's, in, I mean, the reason my mom came to mind is because she's someone I love dearly and she passed away. I've heard it from other people in my circle. But you came to mind because you're someone that I respect. Oh. Not that I don't respect the other people, but I respect you and who you are and what you stand for. Mm -hmm. I know you as I know you as much as you want me to. That's what I'm saying is not a hindrance. I mean, you know people as much as they show you. I don't even know myself 100. percent So I would if someone was like, I know Addy 100. percent is like I don't even know myself 100. percent Right, but people know me as much as um, I want them to know me or as much as I organically show them. From what I've received from you, I don't know, there's not a lot of people I put in a category and just let me speak of pure goodness. Oh. There's not a lot of people I put in that category or at least when I think about it, come to mind. 
Barbara, you probably come to mind. At times, you're the only person that comes to mind. Seriously. What? Are you kidding 100... me? hundred. No, I kid you not. I mean, there's no, there's, there's no, I mean, there's no reason to kid. No, you have a, you have a purity and joy to you. You have like a profound happiness, even when you don't even want to be happy. <laughs> like you dig because you believe in it. Mm. I mean, and you exude it so much, you know, you, you really, you really want to have a good time. <laughs> while we're on this planet i mean why 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 cry when we could laugh why you know why be sad when we can have joy and you you seek it and you create it oh, in your space and i just i enjoy it and i always think of you whenever it comes to that like just pure joy happiness and goodwill and good intention think of a bar oh my god well I, um, I don't know if I can receive that but it's so funny I would say the exact same thing about you maybe that's what you bring out of me but um you also mm. I mean I just see courage but that's that's crazy thank you I'm gonna really try to sit with that uh, um, you don't have to that's fine no no uh, no you don't have to it's hard I, to take in. I appreciate it maybe that's why no, it's no. hard for me to I find understand. a good guy because uh I find that so many people are just, I, I want to be inspired. Maybe I'm seeking too much, but it would be yeah. nice to find someone who has like pure intention. I think I do have pure intentions and I, it's so, yeah. I don't know why I just keep seeing all this. Like, so how tall are you? Like, that's what they asked me. And I'm like, really? Like five, seven. Is there anything else you want to know? I'd say when I'm sitting or I'm standing, when I'm, like, <laughs> and, and I understand when, you know, when you say you, you, you can't sit in that or you, it's hard for you to receive. Um, and it's also because for the most part, we're not wired that way. Right. We're yeah. not wired to think that we are great or that we, you know, we are whatever good thing. It's hard for us to take because we haven't been wired to think that way of ourselves. Um, we're more or less wired to think that way of other people. Do you know why that um, there's a there's a Jewish. Oh, a, a thousand percent. There's a Jewish idea behind this that one of the sages. Oh. Out and. Um, mm. I always bring it up when people say to me, like, oh, the Talmud, that was written by men. I'm not going to read that. I'm like, okay, well, good luck getting through life without reading it one time. Like, good luck. Like, there's like a lot of wisdom in there that like, not just men, but women, humanity contributed to that was passed down for thousands of years by people who were at the A game and respected. Remember respect when people respected leaders? Like, oh, wow. for being kind. Yeah. Like the mm. book is about being kind. It's not about keeping people in line because of some man-made agenda. It actually isn't. And when people yeah. say that they belittle it, it really bothers me because that's what I thought. Mm. And I was sold a pack of lies until I was 24 and decided to take this journey into learning Hebrew and uh. breaking my teeth on it and opening up the books and saying, wait a second, maybe the reason they hate us so much is because of this, because this mm. goes against all governments. It goes against all of the ego it's actually against ego i'm not saying mm -hmm. there are things in there that don't find i don't find problems with of course i do okay let's mm -hmm. talk about it but 99 of what we're reading is so beautiful and it's about being mm. kind kind to animals kind to humans kind to children and one of the beautiful things that i was robbed of because i cut it out and wouldn't even open the book the first thing i learned when i went to israel is rabbi yeshua weisberg taught me that one of the oldest, oldest 
sages who talks about Hanukkah around Hanukkah time is this idea that God took, this is so deep. I hope I get it right. We have a light inside of each of us that is so bright mm -hmm. that if you, Addie, as positive and amazing and humble as you are, if you woke up every morning and you saw how bright your light was, you would not want to leave the house. You would be like, oh my God, I have the Titanic gem. Like I'm staying in the house. <laughs> like Dion songs, you know? You, you would not want to leave because it's like maybe how you felt when Akira was first born. You're like, oh my God, we have to take her into that world. We're going to put her in a stupor mm. and COVID wow. and she's going to breathe that air. Like that's how it, I mean, I don't know. I haven't had it yet, but that feeling of. But yeah, yeah, it's right. So do you know what God did? God mm. put special glasses on other people. Cause you said wired. This is where it comes from. We literally are wired mm -hmm. to be blind to our own light, but other humans can see it sometimes. Mm. There's mm. a flicker. Mm that I see. And I, with certain people, I'm like, dang, he's bright. You know, like yeah. the first time I saw you get up in that room at Landmark and you were like, um, yeah, one of my goals is I'm going to win an Academy Award. And you said like a few other things. And I was just like, who is that? And it wasn't like a Susanna saying like, who's that guy? It was like, mm -hmm. who is that prophet? Like, I need to be friends with him. Mm. And I went right up to you like a magnet. I was like, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, your yeah. greatness. So whenever you want to get coffee, I'm not hitting on you. Not <laughs> no, like, I know you, brother. Yeah. And I like, never got that vibe from you, too. Good, but it was like I need to know you in a non-biblical yeah. sense so that I can like complete my mission in this world because whatever you have is so bright, and the world needs to know it. And we we have to keep people around like that in our lives because we can need, literally mm -hmm. need to see it. You're, you're so right. I, I never heard of that before, the, the reasoning behind why we can't see our light. And it certainly makes sense. It's a humbling thing. By us not seeing what we're capable of, it keeps us kind of at bay. Usually we're standing on land and whatever we're looking to do is in, is in, the, is in the water. You know, it looks like a storm. And, and we think that we're not capable of taking our ship out and going to the other side. And there's a quote I love. It says, um, calm water is never made for, for great sailors. So cool, because I love that you said that the book is anti-ego, because I, I believe ego is really the it's part of the downfall of people in general. Not in an egotistical sense, but by us seeing what we're capable of, it will essentially break us free from any system that is somewhat oppressing us. And realistically, every, we're all being oppressed. It used to be nine to five, and now it's like nine to seven normal. The the, the medicines, the 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 supplements, the the lifestyles, the the rent, the I mean, there's so many things that are literally oppressing us um for no other good reason than to benefit, you know, a select group of people. And I think if we're able to see what we're capable of and to know that, oh, I don't need that expensive x because that doesn't really show my value i'm i'm more valuable than that thing or i don't need to do or buy this to keep me healthy i just need to you know go for walks and eat clean food and all you know all these things i think if we if we're able to see what we're capable of we will break out of that mold and be free from the system speaking of school, schools in america mostly the mission is to create good students who follow rules, 
who get good grades and become good employees. Yep. It's very rare that a school would teach a group of kids how to be an entrepreneur, how to start a new business, or how to balance a checkbook, foods to eat and foods not to eat. No, we put you in this system to teach you how to follow rules so that you continue following rules. It's very rare for someone to follow rules all their life and then one day just cut cold turkey. That's the only way you know how to live. You think it's normal as a child, but even the school system is fairly new in the context of civilization. The working environment is fairly new. Uh, managers, it's a fairly new concept in the concept of time. But for a lot of people, it's so normal because that's all, all we know. Yeah. And also, the one thing that I would love to add to your list is philanthropists. Mm. By going to a school where you're, I mean, schools were created for war, right? They were literally like sweatshops mm. and schools were created to kind of help us get through a war, which is yeah. so it's so fitting because we are at a war. We're on a spiritual war, like Russia and China may stop using the dollar. It's so weird. Um, which yeah. is probably, I think for our benefit, I know you can hear me, China. How's it going? <laughs> um, why is it that only the Gates foundation is talked about when we talk about philanthropy, there's so much philanthropy that has to happen every True. day. And if I have yeah. a dollar, 10 cents of that is supposed to go to somebody. It's not mine. Also, the dollar's not mine. I'm I'm on borrowed time, like from something bigger than all of us. That's that's an energy living through us. So I, I asked you for this meeting, first of all, because I just really wanted to see your face. Secondly, Thank because you. I really wanted to hear your take on my show. But thirdly, mm-hmm. there was one specific question where I said, is it okay if I play this part in my show of a 88-year-old woman named Tony, who mm-hmm. is from Atlanta? Could I play her? to sort of like lift up the show and bring the, the Maya Angelou wisdom, if you will, mm-hmm. the show to yeah. kind of save the show. And you said, do you remember what you said? <laughs> I'm having- I gave two responses that come up with me. I said one, on the subject of you voicing an African-American woman, and especially the context of what you're sharing, which is so profound and such a great close and ending to the show i simply said if you don't do it who will or when when i asked myself that question it was being that i already know what you're going to say now because i've experienced it but that's light that's knowledge and if we're going to take that out because the potential fear of what could happen then you've in a way kind of deprived the audience from gaining that knowledge you're going to essentially get three types of responses you're going to get one response from people who maybe not you know not of color who tell you not to do it because of fear when that's where they're coming from i don't know if to acting from fear is productive i think it, at times it's counterintuitive you may get a response from people of color who say don't do it um because of uh because they're coming from a place of being defensive and I think for, you know, coming from taking an action from a place of defensive, defensiveness isn't as productive. I simply think you should do it for the sake of art, because by doing that, you're now going to strike a conversation that would not have ha- had happened. There, there was a time when art was done to, if I say the word provoke, I don't want it to be taken in such a negative way, but I think provoke is a profound word. Um, and a profound ex- experience of action, because if you provoke something, you force it to take an action, you force it to move, you force it to think. And if we're just creating art for the sake of safety, well, that's not art. 
that is a controlled medium. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You had said one sentence that I, I mean, a lot of sentences I love, and I really feel like there's a book in there, but uh, multiple books, but one of them was, you said art was created. I hope I get this right to make the audience not passive or, or. To uh, oh yes. Yeah. Great art. Great art takes the audience out of the state of passiveness. Yeah. And it forces them to be active. Did you write and, that? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, I didn't write that. I, I, I wasn't told that either, but I haven't written it down, but that, but this is what I feel. Um, oh, so you did write that. Oh, okay. Well, I, okay. Got it. I, I'm taking it very literal, though. I did not write that. Great art. Great art takes the audience out of the stage of passiveness and it makes them proactive. Um, because that that's how I feel uh, when I experience great art, when I experience, and that's what I love about, you know, theater, I love about cinema. And I just, just this morning, I was having a conversation with, with, with a friend of mine, Wadi, on our morning call. That cinema, to me, is like the greatest medium because, you know, music is a, is a, is a close second because it allows you to feel an emotion. Right? Music can take you to happiness, sadness, anger, all, all, you know, all of that. But cinema not only brings you through an emotion, but it also forces you to think and have thoughts and to see yourself in characters and to foresee the future and to reflect. Um, and theater also has that capacity too, obviously, because you're taking all these different mediums and you're kind of, you bring them into one. I felt as this last performance, uh, Tony from Atlanta, I feel that, you know, being that you've already depicted these other characters, which are very enjoyable and they're all different. And then you end on this character, Tony, which to me is no different than any other character you've played in the sense of they have a voice and this is their experience. Now the only question is, oh, because the speaker happens to not be of color, can she do it? I think you're just robbing art of this experience. It coming last, I think is brilliant. Thank you. Um, I, I, it was done unintentionally, but as I, you were the third person I read those intro monologues to, and as I was doing it, because maybe it's you and I have so much respect for you as an artist and creator, but also your wisdom. I was like, oh, this totally makes sense. You know, I know you're Nigerian also, but it's like, there's this sort of African 1.0 wisdom that we all kind of know, which is, I think, why we're mm. all a little bit freaked out by what's happening now. Because it's like, mm -hmm. I can see the light. Woo! Like, it's bright. It's yep. like the 1.0 is coming. We, we are remembering, you know, Bill Nye tried to tell us in the 80s, like, nope, oh, this yeah. is the original skin color. Like, we all... Mm -hmm. This is not, you are different because of this, like, no, we're yeah. all one. So mm -hmm. it's really a lot for people to take on like thousands of years of slavery. Oh, that th thousands. Mm -hmm. th th we're responsible. Oh, shit. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of resentment. There's a lot of guilt there's a lot of pressure and yet we know there are certain voices that when we hear them right i'm a voice of artist there's there's an evoking of sound like you said that yeah. you go oh here comes truth no very few people argue 
with a Holocaust grandmother from Brooklyn. Hundred mm, percent. Or a or a grandmother from Harlem. Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. You can try, but there's a truth with a capital T mm-hmm. that you when they start to open their mouth and they talk, just nod. Yes, ma'am. I'm yes, so ma'am. sorry. It's unfiltered truthness. It's you're yep. not the only thing you're gonna hear about is morality. Yeah. So why wouldn't it be that woman? Yeah. I don't know. And if someone wants to hold in the press, theoretically, and say like, of course, she is wrong. She should not be speaking from that perspective. You know, I I mean, I'm still traumatized from getting fired once for saying something about soul, completely Mm. misunderstood what I said. And I wasn't able to respond to cancel culture. And so there's there's this deep feeling I have where it's like, I'm, I am scared about it. I don't, I don't want to be misunderstood, mm. but I guess you're right. You sort of have to, I guess the truth will set you free when you, when you say your truth, when you share with good intentions, the right people are going to hear it. Hopefully. Yeah. Ex- yeah. That's that, that is, yes, that is what we hope for. And also, you know, I love the simplicity in if my truth or what I believe in is going to get me canceled, then where else am I going to speak from? So should I just keep saying things that you want to hear? That's not me, right? So there's also that, and there's something, no one knows the outcome of anything, but when you come from that place, there's profound power in it. And when the right people hear it, and even if they're not the right people, it's still going to move them. Again, you shouldn't be, you, what you did was wrong. What did I say? Negative thing? No, no. What you said was positive, but still, it's wrong. It's like okay, let's be consistent. Um, you know, and again, I, I understand that, but it's just that argument just never works with me because it's just not consistent. And I don't, I, I don't, I, I there's just thing, something with being consistency. If it's not consistent, then you're intentionally being biased. Right, but that's I just how I look at it. Being wrong today is very similar to when people say, well, I'll just be a good person. I don't need the Bible. I don't need rules. I'll just be a good person. It's like, well, how do you do that? How do you define what being good is? It's very interesting. People go, wait, why are you asking me? Of course I know what being good is. Similar to, I know that that's wrong. That's just wrong. I'm not allowed to say that I'm friends with this person who voted this way because that's just wrong. How could you even be friends? How can you even talk? How could you even be friends with them on Facebook? You know, it's like cancel, 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 cancel. Okay. Have you ever found someone who thinks and speaks and votes exactly the same way you do? Good luck with that. Everyone is like a fan. Everyone just has their favorite soccer team and they're willing to die for that soccer team. Like my soccer team is better than yours. Now it's politics, right? If you voted this way, if you voted Democrat, you're, you're, you're X. If you voted Republican, you're Y. People are really holding, standing on that hill in 10, 20 years, it's going to be something else. Well, hopefully. Right now, this is just a hot topic. Well, it's going to be something else. I hope else. there's like, going to be du- duplicate. Oh, you're A-type? Your blood is A-type? Oh, no, nah, no, nah, you got to die. I'm O. Oh, right. It's like, what? But as as silly as that sounds, there was a time yep. if we went back 20 years and said, if you vote Democrats and Republicans, they're literally going to break families up. See, that makes no sense. But today it makes sense, right? We've made it make sense. And another day, um, your credit score will be a hot topic. Good or bad is context. Intentionality is key. You know, if I bring you into a fancy restaurant in Soho, New York, 
and we get a soup and you're we're eating our soup and you're slurping that thing like there's no tomorrow it's not a good look we'll most likely get kicked out it's going to cause an uproar and it doesn't work in that situation it's a bad habit now if i take you to a same fancy restaurant in tokyo and we order that same soup and you're slurping that thing like there's no tomorrow, that is the highest compliment you can give the chef because the chefs don't go out to talk to customers. That's rude. They do that in, in America. They listen for slurping in Japan. And to them, that translates to, I am enjoying this meal. Both slurps are the same. The context is different. But what happens is that you have someone going to New York from Tokyo slurping and they look like a weirdo. And then you have someone in New York going to Tokyo, not slurping, and the chef thinks they hate the meal. I'm not so much always, this is good or this person's good, this is bad, this person's bad. I'm, I'm more in like, what's the intention? Mm. The intention will tell you where they're coming from. Yeah. Oh well, my God, put on the spot. people okay. buy your books, watch your stuff? I like, buy your books. Stuff in there. Uh, where to go? Okay, so- uh, We did not plan can, this at all, by the way. We did not plan this at all. Um, it's I'm just on, that when I'm Adi on, speaks, he's so great. There's so much greatness that I was like, oh I think gosh. I should start recording this. Yeah, God. Yeah, uh, so you can find me on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter, at Adiola Allow. On TikTok, you can actually look up King Addy. That's what and I'm how do you spell TikTok. these words? Because it took me a while and I've been friends with you for a while. Not a problem. So my Instagram, TikTok, and uh, Twitter, it's at Adiola Allow, at A-D-E-O-L-A-A-L-A-O. No underscores, just one word. And you can go to my website, www.adiolaallow.com uh, to check out my work. And I have a podcast called Getting to Nothing. It's on Spotify, it's on Amazon, it's on iTunes. That's Thank you so much for having me, <laughs> Barbara. This was, this was supposed to be unexpected, a- unplanned. I'm in my pajamas, all but for it. when you speak. White teeth, sweating, just coming back from wedding errands. No, not at all. You look good in everything, and your lighting is amazing. One. Oh, oh my gosh, thank I, you so much. I'm wearing my pajamas, but um, I'm so impressed that literally off the cuff, he was not prepared for this, you guys. I was having a 15-minute conversation with him about my art, and it turned into, as usual, a Barb and Addy like festival. Um, God bless, you. God bless Susanna for allowing me to too. take an hour out of your day and your children. We'll see. Thank you so much, Barbara. Mwah, love you. Take so much. care. You it is so mutual. I can't wait to talk to you again. Me too. Okay, bye. And here are some takeaways from my conversation with Adiola Allow. The downfall of humanity is that we are so self-focused. Quote, a bright future is created by a generation who plants trees in the shade they won't experience. Based on a Greek proverb, change won't come from a government. Superheroes and powers don't bring change. It's the will of mankind. We're designed to create, not to work. Courage is what it takes to live outside of the box. Courage is opening up to little miracles every day. A lot of people ask for help with their arms completely crossed over and unwilling to let go of what they're currently holding on to, not realizing they have to release what's not working in order to receive all the new blessings of advice, help, feedback, or even a compliment. 
Giving up being right doesn't mean you're intentionally going to be wrong. If you're always right, what do you have to learn? It allows you to be with what's there. Fall in love with your losses, for they contain many lessons. Great advice from Addie's mom was, do what makes you happy, but put yourself out there fully into it. We're not wired to think that we're great because we have to be careful how much truth we take in at once because we wouldn't be able to leave the house if we knew how special we were all the time. By us not seeing what we're capable of, it keeps us at bay. Calm waters never made for great sailors. By us seeing what we're capable of, it'll break us free from any system oppressing us. If we're creating art for the sake of safety, that's not art, that's a controlled medium. Great art takes the audience out of passiveness and forces them to be active. Cinema, music, and theater all have the capacity to make you feel things and think and get to see yourself in different characters and see the world in new ways. There's profound power in it. Good or bad is in the context. Intentionality is key. If you know somebody with a great story about forgiveness, failure, or freedom, please share them with us. If you learned something new or feel like something from this episode can inspire someone else, please share the episode on your Facebook page or Instagram and tag that person and tag us too. You can find all of our social medias, drop us a note, or join our newsletter at www.c1beautifulsoul.com. Please don't forget to subscribe and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you hear podcasts. May we all choose to look for the light in ourselves and each other in all ways, always. Always.